0: minus three with Dave Damaschek and Jeff Schwartz
1: do it fellas oh yes hi and hello sports fans and welcome to minus three on the eve of pro football season yes we made it and we are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook tune in all football season long all sports year long for exclusive offers and odds bets. That's FanDuel. More ways to win. And speaking of more ways to win, get on board with us here on Minus 3. Me and Jeff Schwartz and Eddie Spaghetti. will say hello to them in just a second. FanDuel.com slash minus 3, M-I-N-U-S, and the number 3. Get on board with us because we are going to have some boosted bets for you all through the season long, and we're going to start off on this show with the Monday night football game. Right out of the gate, though, I want to let you know it's AFC preview time. I have already told you Kyler Murray is your MVP, plus 2,300 to get it. He also happens to be the brand new QB of the 2020 Cool Cats in my fantasy league. That's a good place to start. Fanduel.com slash minus three. Let's get into it, Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? We did it. It's football season.
0: I woke up on Tuesday morning after the long weekend with a little pep in my step. Like I was so much, so much more excited this week to have football back. I mean, look, think about it. We've had everything pulled from us, everything pulled from us since March. Mm-hmm. And this is the one thing that I love more than anything else is NFL football. Same as you, right? And it has not been pulled away from us. We have made it. We have made it to game week, game day, all of that. And it's happening. And I cannot be more excited. And I got to talk, Football with you, with Eddie, with everyone else. And let's get right into it. AFC champion, who you going I, with?
1: I definitely want to get into that quickly, though. We are a uh, a full service station here. The Islanders still in play for the faithful out there. Uh, I've been on the Lightning since they got that third win in the Boston series. So I would jump on that. They're the cream of the remaining crop there. NBA also boiling things down to it. Hope you were listening a month ago when I told you to jump on the <laughs> Celtics prop to get to the finals because that's where they're headed to play one of the L.A. teams, which will make uh, Jeff Schwartz there happy. Um, but, okay, those things are still things you can jump on at FanDuel. But AFC Championship, the teams that are favored, you li- we both like, as it turns out, in front of this uh, Chiefs-Texans game, Thursday Night Football, Mitchell Schwartz out there on that uh, Chiefs offensive line. That's a great place to start with them. And, in fact, let's start before we start digging into the whole AFC and we'll get into the AFC North in a big way In a second. Um, All of a sudden, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it, but Von Miller is one of the great stars of the NFL. And while that diminishes greatly, I think the Broncos chances, a lot of people very excited about the Broncos this year. I think this really knocks them down a peg. But it also it seems to me really, really, really improves the Chiefs chances of not just winning the division, But it gives them a real clear path to being the prohibitive favorite to get the number one seat. How say you?
0: Well, it does. It's definitely a big loss for the Broncos. But the Chiefs have the Von Miller pass rush specialist in Mitchell Schwartz, who does a fantastic job. Like he has not, they have not had to worry about Von Miller for all these years because of my brother. And obviously now they won't have to worry about Von Miller again. And Bradley Chubb, also. Coming back from ACL, the Broncos, it feels like they just collapsed or their season just collapsed upon themselves before this even started. And look, there's a chance that Von Melo does come back. I, I get that. But nonetheless, if he's gone for 12 weeks, what will he be the last four weeks of the season? And I think the Broncos were too trendy of a pick, anyways. But the Chiefs always do have one or two games a year where they just kind of flop. I mean, it's kind of it's, it's been that way with Andy Reid. Obviously, last year that was the tech, I think it was the first Texans game, right? The Colts well, uh, as well. The no, Colts no, no, they just was, got trucked. Yeah, I thought no.
1: that, I thought I thought that that heralded yeah. the end of their Super Bowl chances. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, and I was wrong about that. But I just thought, can this team ever stop anybody from ru- yeah. running the ball on them? I thought that was going to be their demise.
0: And you know, Pat was was injured that game as well. Uh, it was one of the games he was hurt again, hurt on. And then the D, you know, Chiefs defense play Better, I I think that the the biggest um threat to the Chiefs is obviously the Ravens, right? But I would still bet the Chiefs. Look, they return twenty of twenty two Super Bowl starters, and then you include twenty one at Juan Thornhill who played most of the year. Who are, who's going to stop them? Think about it. Pat Mahomes, right, best quarterback in the game. Travis Kelsey, second best tight end in the game behind George Kittle.
1: And you say that Kelsey is the key piece besides Mahomes in that By offense, far. not Tyreek Hill or anyone else.
0: By far. And we'll get to the bet I want to make for this game. But Travis Kelsey, to me, is the linchpin of this entire offense. He is the blanket for Pat Mahomes. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, mism, he's a mismatch any part of the field. Dave, you want to put a safety on him. He's bigger than them. You put a linebacker? He'll just run by them. Andy Reid is a wizard of finding ways to exploit man coverage. It's all going to matter when it comes to the bet I'm going to make for, for the game. Well, we have Ty- Tyreek Hill and, and and Watkins and Hardman and Robinson and then my brother and Eric Fisher on defense. Frank Clark and Chris Jones and Honey Badger. Like, who's stopping them, Dave? Well, they are the, the – to me, it's
1: funny because I think in 2020 in, in large terms, I feel like – it's not an exact uh, formula, but it does feel like one year the offense takes over in the NFL. And then the next year, the defense, or at least there are these little mini eras where that happens. And it does seem like the vast majority of the relevant teams this year are going to have high end defenses. The chiefs, are a splashy defense, I suppose, and that can that can obviously the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so that proves that you can get by. I think if you can generate a pass rush in the second half in January, you're in in really good shape, and you know you have uh, the ultimate ball hawk in the Honey Badger. So I guess that's good, but they don't have as rugged a defense as some of the teams that they're going to be playing against no. in the AFC. Again, I will tell you, um, I say the Colts are a great value at plus one thousand Steelers fans listen up schwartz likes them to go to the super bowl or at yeah. least as a great value it's pick value pick 1300 just to get to the super bowl fanduel.com slash minus three listen to me go oh. shorts look how look how i know how to play ball but um i like to get let's see uh you know over the last whatever it's been a decade and a half since they started this super bowl champion gets to host a uh gets to host the season opener yeah. The vast majority of the time, the home team wins that. Of course, 2020 is going to be wonky because of the lack of fans and home field advantage. Still, though, last time we saw the Texans and Chiefs, it was that uh, it was the what the the second huge comeback of three in the postseason for the Chiefs. Last I saw it before we went on here, the Chiefs were giving nine and a half to Deshaun Watson. That seems crazy to me. How say you?
0: The line is wild, in my opinion. This is the line with you'd have you know a a ten and one Chiefs team against a, a you know a three and seven Chargers team, right? I mean, ten point almost ten points. It's a lot of points, Dave. It's a ton of points. Houston was a playoff team last season. They played for, I know. in the playoffs. I, I It's a lot of points. Um, I would lean Texans here. Plus the points. I, I'll give you the bet that I that I want to make. I am very leery of betting totals to start the season because I I just don't know how these games are going to go. I I really lean toward veteran teams. The Chiefs are at 32 is their team total on FanDuel. I'm going over their team total for the first game. Andy Reid is historically fantastic after a buy, after a layoff, week one, after a buy, whenever it is. I think they come out. They're a team, again, that wants to prove that last year wasn't a fluke, really. But nonetheless, they just want to get out and play. The Texans are terrible on defense. They were 32nd last year on third down. They were 29th um, against um, against tight ends. And Travis is gonna have a huge game. They play a ton of man coverage and Chiefs are great against man coverage as well. I just don't see how they slow down the Chiefs offense outside of, of any injuries. I think Chiefs put up a ton of points in the fastest team in the NFL. Texans rival them though. Texans have some fast players as well. I like the over 32 for the Chiefs. Very specific team total bet, but I, I just think the Chiefs can score a ton of points.
1: I like it. That's a that's a fun place to start. And yeah, I'm a little leery about uh, totals as well. I mean, obviously any week one. It's the it's the biggest crapshoot of the season, but it's also the 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 best time to jump in too and uh and see where your team is. You and I, I'm not gonna say too much, but for the listeners of minus three, we are going to boost the odds on that Monday night football game. And that's all I'm gonna say about it. And I well, I'm gonna say one more thing about it that this is a time of divisiveness in our country and in our society i feel that we don't need a contentious debate steelers or giants what can they do together can they get take it can they take our hearts and otherwise over the moon we'll let you know on the next episode because we've decided we're too excited about football to try and jam it all in (laughs) afc today and then we'll have for you I think sometime right around the end of thursday night's game we will have our nfc preview plenty of time to get in on uh, the week one action and our nfc favorites and uh the ones that we don't like too um now let's get into it and we'll do afc north to start with and while we make our picks well i love we're focusing in on on that that's uh that's um one of the juiciest divisions out there certainly one of the most compelling it's a good question in fact if you uh, set your brother aside if you could only watch one division this year uh, to the exclusion of every other division, which, which division would you go? Cause I might go AFC North. It's going to, I mean, I know everybody loves the NFC South for obvious reasons, but this is a fun one.
0: My, the first thought in my head was the NFC West because as an offensive guy, I get to watch so many styles of offense. I get to watch the, the, Cl- the Cliff Kingsbury offense. I get to watch the Sean McVay offense, the Kyle Shanahan offense and whatever they run in Seattle, the anti-Russell Wilson offense. I get to watch all of those together every weekend. I would pick them. The South, yeah, but the Panthers aren't going to be any good. So they're not. it's not going to be as much fun. But the AFC North is going to be in that classic black and blue division, right? It's going to be a bloodbath to see who ends up winning the North between the Steelers and the Ravens.
1: I love it. And, you know, the Browns are compelling always, um, you know, and not just because of what their wide receiver is into off the field. Um, mm-hmm. But... I don't think, please, this is, please, can, someone's got some growing up to do. It sounds like to me, um, he or him? <laughs> well, I guess both of you actually, now that I think about it, um, but you, but you do, I mean, talk about a storyline. I know you got these uh, two 40 plus year old QBs in the NFC South, but you have the last three Heisman trophy winners and first ballot hall of Famer coming back from a devastating elbow injury. I'll, I'll ride with the QBs in the AFC North and the QB, league here and 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 say that's the most compelling baltimore like you say schwartz plus 650 to win super bowl 55 the only team ahead of them is kc and just barely at plus 600 to do it if you want to jump in on that one i'm gonna keep saying it schwartz until i can beat it into your head that's what they do on radio commercials fandu.com slash minus three three the number browns have extended kareem hunt Baltimore has J.K. Dobbins listed as their fourth running back on the depth chart. No matter there, that's going to change. That, that, that's that's gonna... why the depth charts. Of course, that's nonsense, right? They're sending a a small, um, if if not completely insignificant message to the rookie about where he stacks up there. You think he's going to stay behind Gus Edwards? Come on. Um, <laughs> in the AFC, the Ravens are minus two hundred. The Steelers are plus three forty. Brown's not too far back there, plus four eighty. The the Bungles at plus twenty six hundred with Joe Burrow to keep things yeah. interesting at minimum. As you've said already, though, Schwartz. Anybody who is predicating twenty twenty success around rookies is probably being overly optimistic. And uh, I think that kind of accounts for the Browns' offensive line a little bit, yes, right? I mean, aren't they depending too much on on the rookies here?
0: Yeah, that Jedrick Wills over at left tackle, who's never played left tackle in his life. He was a right tackle in high school and a right tackle in in college, and now he's playing left tackle in the NFL. They have a great offensive line coach in Callahan. I like Cleveland's coaching staff; they're much improved. But again, first time head coach, a quarterback who struggled last season. I'm not so high on them. And also, look, the Bengals, in my opinion, are an under five and a half win team. I, I know people are excited for Joe Burrow, and I get it; he was fantastic last year. This is not LSU. It, it's it's the NFL. He's had almost no practice. He has an offensive line that's a complete disaster. By the way, a little tidbit. If you can find it, it's not posted yet because this is early in the week. Joey Bosa is going to dominate the Bengals offensive line on Sunday. If you can find a Joey Bosa over sack total, I don't know what it's going to be at right now. Just bet it. Just go ahead and bet it. The fun part about talking about gambling, in my opinion, is it makes you think about the game differently. And I'll give you an example for the, the overall picture of, of of the AFC North. Baltimore you got to you know you have to pay 2 bucks to win one, right? It's minus 200. The Steelers are plus 340. I think Baltimore wins the division, but the value is on the Steelers. How do you not bet the Steelers at plus 340? There's no there's no value in betting the Ravens here for a Steelers team that we talked about last week has all the pieces to be really good this year. So I think you bet the Steelers even though the Ravens I think take the division and they have the one seed. Yeah. There,
1: to me, it's weird that there was kind of, because it, it was even in September. Yeah. I mean, li- literally it's been 12 months of this conversation about, I don't know if a quarterback at that age can come back from the injury that Burgers had. And then it just keeps moving and there's no update to it. And then that uh, it, like concrete, that, take sort of solidifies and then he has a big beard and now he's uh morbidly obese or whatever the whole thing turns into with him. And and now the the, the wheels are kind of off the train. They are undervalued because of opinions that were formed for me, really like, you know, eight or 10 months ago. And he remains uh, by all accounts, looks good, looks perhaps stronger than he's been in a couple of years. Um, and you know, they had one of the best defenses and I mean that in the 21st century sense, I don't mean just smother you and really repress the, the, the opponent, but also the all important, especially in the 21st century ability to turn the ball over and give your offense an extra shot or two over the course of 60 minutes. My question with the Ravens is, and they are loaded and you know, you were skeptical of Lamar Jackson a year ago. I was not. I said in August and September, watch out, Lamar Jackson and company are going to jump the NFL this year. They're going to stun them. But I think that the offseason will allow the defensive coordinators to catch up. That's one question. But first, answer this one. How significant is an offensive lineman Marshall Yanda was considered, as I always say, I'm not pretentious enough to pretend that I know what 300 pound man leans good on some other 300 pound man. I defer to the experts like you on this Schwartz. Marshall Yanda was considered a generational talent at the position. How bad a loss is that for, for the Ravens here?
0: Oh, it's a, it's a bad loss. There's, there's no way to, to go about it. Now, is it going to, does it change their outlook on their win total Probably not, but where it does hurt them the most, in my opinion, is that Marshall Yano was able to fill in at other positions and be just as good. You, you typically don't see that. He was able to, like, oh, okay, right? we need a left guard. Okay, go play left guard. We need to go play tackle. He would go play tackle. He just was able to fill in right away. The guy they have slated to start right now is DJ Fluker, right guard. DJ Fluker is a 365-pound run blocker. Like He fits what this offense wants to do. And so it's a good fill-in. Yeah, he's not. He's not Marshall Yanda. He's not really close, but they also have emerging leaders in Ronnie Stanley at left tackle or Leonard Brandt at right tackle. Like they have guys that can fill the leadership role of Yanda. If it was just a very young offensive line, he left, i feel a little bit differently. But in the end, I don't know if it makes a difference for their win total. There might be specific situations where you obviously would love to have him in there, but I think they'll be okay. I, I think they'll make it work with with the pieces they have in place. And look. Lamar Jackson is so physically gifted he can get out of a lot of situations anyway. So if DJ gets beat, well, Lamar will make him right. Uh, my old pal, Warren Sapp had, uh, you know,
1: nine, 10 years ago, you know, just said it over and over again to me. And, and, and obviously I retained it. He said, defensive coordinators are the fastest adjusting um, mechanism in, uh, in the world today. Is that, do you feel like given the off season and, the tape that the Tennessee Titans provided to the NFL? Do you suppose, and I listen, I don't think Greg Roman and I don't think that uh, Harbaugh and company are all like, yeah, let's just do exactly what we did without any alterations. But do you think that there's enough evidence on tape of how to slow down what they're trying to do? Um, and, and and that's what diminishes um, their win total a little bit this year.
0: So if I recall what Tennessee did is they followed Lamar Jackson to the sideline. So they would basically force him to keep the ball. And, and a lot of times, by the way, I'll give you an inside little thing on Baltimore's offense. A lot of times they're called runs for Lamar Jackson. He's not reading anyone. You could see he's not even looking at anyone to read. His eyes are completely turned away from the defense. It's a, it's a, and the way they're blocking on the edge, it's a clear design run. So Tennessee would take their linebackers and basically funnel him to the sideline as much as possible. So you have to have linebackers that can do that. Like you have to have the physical gifts to be able to run and be able to to do what your coach tells you. Because a lot of teams, you know, look, I remember early in the year, the 49ers, not early in the year, but the 49ers went to Baltimore week 13. right? In the rain, it was an ugly game. The Niners were many times had guys in great position to tackle Lamar Jackson, just didn't do it. And Tennessee did it. Tennessee did a good job of it. Ravens also were 0-4 for on fourth down that game. Not likely to happen again if they play. So, yeah, I think teams might say, hey, this is our game plan. And Lamar just screws it up because he's too fast. Like, that's the concern. There's no one. There's nobody on any team, like the Browns. There's no one the Browns have on their team this week that can give them a realistic look for Lamar Jackson's speed. And that's a concern of anyone playing the Ravens. Plus, Dave, coaches can study so much, but players have got to learn how to do it too. There was no offseason to learn how to do it. There was no film study of, hey, let, you know, let's break down Baltimore's defense. You mean their offense together in the film room? None of mm-hmm. that. Like I, again, I lean toward the veteran teams, like like the Ravens. With look, Lamar's not a quote unquote veteran, but he's the MVP and a veteran coaching staff and veterans. You know, Calais Campbell and you know, like I mentioned, Ron, Ronnie Stanley, Orlando Brown, both young guys. But you know, like, I, I go toward the veterans. Marcus Peters, they're a veteran team, and so. I do not think that this offseason helped anyone learn how to play the Ravens defense. And lastly, I me mean, the Ravens offense lastly, too. I think tackling, Dave, is going to be atrocious to start the season. It's hmm. going to be really bad. We saw in the in the college game, BYU and Navy. I don't know if you watched that game. Did, did you watch that game, anybody?
1: Yeah. yeah, I saw I, I saw bits and pieces yeah. of it. We were By off way. at the sea, but yes. But, uh, but yes.
0: A, a, a small tangent here. I bet. On Navy, they lost fifty-five-three, and I bet on Middle Tennessee State who lost forty-two-nothing. I had a banner week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I told everybody take Army in that one.
0: It was a, I, it was a banner was weekend for me. One. I I made up with some live bets, so we're, we're all square. Okay. But nonetheless, um, you saw Navy said they didn't practice as much as BYU did. They they limited physical contact, and they, they, they couldn't. They looked like a different squad. It, it looked like an FCS school versus an FBS school, and. I think we're going to have that problem in the NFL. Just to be very poor tackling, so I lean toward the offense like the Ravens. It's already hard to defend anyways. Tackling's going to be even tougher. So that's why I give the Ravens a 14-2 and record. I think no one's going to stop them. They'll lose once to the Steelers, and they'll lose some other game.
1: There's a, there's not a ton of um, history that indicates that a team that does what the Ravens did last year, repeat win totals like that. We see it here on FanDuel uh, in Charm City, um, 11 and a half is their win total for the season. Cleveland's is at eight and a half. Um, Pittsburgh is at nine. You know that one to me again. What I feel like we're overthinking this. This team almost went to the Super Bowl. They won eight games with Duck Hodges throwing passes. You don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is worth two games? That seems weird to me. Cincinnati, Cincinnati at five and a half. You're going under there. Cleveland at nine mean, and a half. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a half I over mean,
0: that. I would go half under Cleveland. I think nine and seven is about right for them. Um, Baker, we better this season. It's so funny. You today, we were texting about the Steelers and Giants on Monday Night Football. Mm -hmm. And you were just, you were just fan check, right? Just like so depressed about your team. Just like so, like, a fan would be, I don't know. And then you come out here. The press just concerned. I want them to do well. And then you come out here and, oh, Steelers are going to win 11 games. They're going to be the best team ever. I I I
1: said nothing about
0: best team ever. I said they're going to be better than they were last year. The podcast check. No, we're going to get to it at the end of the show, but your AFC standings podcast check is much different than fan check. No, I
1: it's one in the same friend. you don't tell me what I am and am not Eddie spaghetti. Jump in here. Our teams are playing on Monday night football up there in New Jersey. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't mind telling you, I thought, This is very fantasy football centric. I I understand what I'm about to say, but it's hard for me to think that the giants are a walkover for any team. When you consider just straight up their skill position guys, I mean, on offense you go Saquon, who you can make a case is the best um, at his position. Sterling Shepard is underrated. Evan Ingram, I'm just telling you, if Evan Ingram it can just stay healthy, he'd be one of the best tight ends in the league. And Golden Tate is a is a nice um, second pass catcher for uh, for Daniel Jones. Um, and and I. And let me tell you Pl- this, I say this to, all to yeah. Schwartz. Schwartz comes back with, oh, the Giants are going to stink. Me, you, and Spaghetti could go out there and play them, They and and we would win the game.
2: How say you? I mean, I think in week one, I think the score in my head right now is like 38-27. I think the Giants are going to be like a Big 12 team. They're going to have to score a ton of points to win games because their defense is pretty brutal. Their offense, though, I'm I'm a fan of. I mean, not only obviously bringing in Jason Garrett, uh, having a three good receivers they have. Uh, if you prorate Evan Ingram's season last year only played half a season, I mean, you double his numbers. He's looking at like 80 plus catches, uh, like six touchdowns, almost thousand yards. I mean, it's a great season for him. The O-line's been improved. But like I said, the defense is the main issue because you have a couple guys in the interior that are good, like Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, and they drafted Dexter Lawrence. I mean, Blake Martinez, middle linebacker, fine, okay. They said there's good things in camp from Lorenzo Carter. Their secondary has been totally depleted from, you know, Don baker has gone. He was waived yesterday. Um, I mean, they have your little peppers, but he's still more of like an extra linebacker. Um, it's just not. It's not great. I mean, Julian Love, who is a late round pick from Notre Dame last year, may be their best player in the secondary. I know they signed James Bradbury too. It's just like you're still. I mean, the Steeler receiver. They drafted Chase Claypool, who is a has receiver athleticism and a tight end body. Juju's going to have an awesome comeback year with with Ben uh, Deontay Johnson. I mean, you guys have so many weapons to throw to. I think it's just the Giants. Like they're going to have to win games fifty to forty nine to stay. All right, we'll
1: give and you and, our and, like, proper Steelers Giants pick tomorrow again some boosted odds to make it uh, all the more appealing to you can't wait for that one of course uh, Sunday is coming our way and just a couple final thoughts on the AFC North here Schwartz okay. the Ravens don't win the division because blank and I I know injuries are the easy answer Lamar Jackson gets hurt but I mean barring I, and everybody's gonna have injuries but best you can without saying well they uh you know Ronnie Stanley gets hurt they're doomed yeah, that's true of any team with their stars, I think. But w- why would the Ravens be okay. underwhelming based on what you think?
0: So the reason I would give, outside of, of obviously injuries, is that they try to open up the offense. They they say, "Look, we got to pass the ball more. We have to pass the ball more. It's what we have to do." And Lamar just is not good at it, and they're just not good at it, and they just their offense just just falters i mean we saw a little bit of this with colin kaepernick right who ran similar offense and then they decided hey let, let's make him a pocket passer we saw with rg3 too right who wanted to be a pocket passer mm-hmm. and they all, all went to shit and so that to me feels like the only way with outside of injuries that this train slows down
1: um and the steelers aren't as good as you know now people are since jeff schwartz went out there and said Steelers are the best value bet um, to get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl out there. More and more people jumping in here now on the Steelers, starting to come around on the idea. But why would they not be as good? Because the uh, the the only answer I can think of is the the sum doesn't equal the parts because they appear to be loaded yeah. everywhere. Say the big question is, I guess, at running back with James Conner, and I guess that goes back
0: to to health. Yeah. Um, but why why might they underwhelm? I just think the you know Big Ben getting back into the swing of things takes them too long, and their offense just sputters start the season. But last year, their offense was terrible, too. and they won football games. So that's I just think it has to do probably with that. That's the reason why it just kind of sputters. their offense sputters.
1: do you give um do you give um Baker and company a shot at actually stealing this division? You do think they're going to be better at minimum.
0: I don't think in first years the fancy head coach is going to get this team in that direction. I think they're going to be moving in a better direction. Baker will play better, um, you know, and um, they'll, you know, they'll be, you know, okay. Last thing, last thing about the Browns.
1: How does that go over in the locker room when a story like Odell Beckham's from earlier in the week? I I, I guess we don't even need to get into the details and get all scatological, but it has to do with number two you know ironic be, uh, the one the one hand catch guy is into number 2 but um whatever he's into is up to him um but but for real like is that uh, i mean it is a little bit of controversy i don't think it ruins the locker room but at least odell beckham's going to be hearing about it from his teammates i i, I suspect
0: i imagine he would too uh, the jokes would be endless they'd be they'd, they'd be well worth it uh, to make fun for this and um you know, it's it's a shits for him, man. It sucks to be made uh, fun of in this in this manner.
1: Yeah, so well, it's it's uh, yeah, true. I mean, literal shit talking from cornerbacks, and I, I, without making too big a deal of it, Odell Beckham. We know that you can get in his head a little bit. Can, is there is there a really clever wordsmith uh, who's who also happens to play shutdown corner in the NFL that can line up across from him and throw number thirteen off his game?
0: Is there or is that I don't know. I'm, I'm asking I mean, you. Yeah. I'm asking Mar- you. Is there a I mean, guy who could playing, it's, it's playing Marcus Peters twice?
1: Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Too bad yeah. Ike Taylor's not around. He would probably uh, have some fun with that one. Last, last thing about this division. I, uh, there's something remarkable uh, remarkable about NFL football for the last 25 or so years since the start of free agency. If you really think about it, it's way easier to be optimistic about almost any team, you know, where you can really kind of like, ah, oh, they're kind of interesting because of this, even the Bengals, who nobody thinks is going to win the division, but a uh, Joe Burrow, maybe he'll be really good. It's much easier to make an optimistic case than a pessimistic case, which is to say, I could tell you why certainty, te- almost any team oh, I could see them get into the playoffs. It's really hard to identify the teams that absolutely positively will not go to the playoffs. Any in the AFC North that you're saying will not. Definitely a hundred
0: percent. You're the Bengals.
1: I agree yeah. with that. And you're anybody else you're going to put all three in or I mean, I the you're is, not I mean, sure. The,
0: the Browns could have 10 wins and make the wild card.
1: Okay. Seven teams this year. Everybody keep in mind, yeah. better chances for you to get to the postseason. So there you have some AFC North preview. I happen to think, and you know, listen, I, the whole show the show is called minus three everybody and like i've said before and i'll say again that is the standard advantage given to a home team um in pro football of course home field advantage is going to be weird this year um and i'm not sure who that really hurts i think it hurts the saints it may hurt the chiefs obviously yeah. based on all you hear about that hurts the seahawks um and so on uh but i do think to to my eye, looking at rosters and, you know, the most important position, yeah. QB, I think the AFC North has two of the four best teams in the conference. I think Pittsburgh yes. and, and Baltimore are yes. two of the four best in, in the whole thing.
0: That's correct, yes. Okay.
1: All right. So we'll get to we'll tell you how these things are going to seed out 1 through 7 in just a minute here. AFC South Colts are plus 2300 to win the Super Bowl. That's the best in the division and uh and pretty good no matter what old man Rivers completing his career. That would be a nice story after all the years in uh, San Diego and LA to move out to Indy and win a Super Bowl there kind of w- w- would be kind of cool. Um And, uh, again, FanDuel.com slash uh, minus three. Deshaun Watson is plus 1,700 to win the MVP. That's the best in the AFC South. I'll say this about Deshaun Watson and, you know, specific to the game on Thursday night. um, I guess I didn't weigh in on that one. Nine and a half seems like a ton for week one with all the uncertainty and everything else. I actually like the Chiefs to cover that. Um, Talk about unknown. Out goes Nuke Hopkins. In comes yeah. Brandon Cooks, who didn't practice today. I don't know who's catching the passes exactly unless Will Fuller is, is in good health. I mean, long term. The, the, for what it's worth, the Texans did show up on Monday Night Football as much as it matters what happened a year ago. You'll remember they were within a whisker of steel in that game in New Orleans, a tough yeah. place to play with yeah. Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. He gets paid, Deshaun Watson. Now David Johnson. I don't know. I, I, I mean – the Chiefs look like—I mean, you know—the Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman thing is just seems scary as all get out to me. And to your point about Travis Kelsey, you get those two guys um, running uh, streaks all day long. How is Travis Kelsey not singled up the whole game and, and able to to win that? Um, Jonathan Taylor, fourth in offensive rookie of the year at plus nine fifty—that's an yeah. interesting one—and I think he takes over sooner rather than later for Marlon Mack as the feature back there. Um, let's start with who you got winning this division here. Shorts.
0: It feels like the AFC South every year is the most underwhelming division. It's like, like, all right, someone has to win this division. They're not gonna win the title, but they have, someone has to do it. Um, I, I would lean, I I guess. (sighs) Titans. If I had to pick someone, um, you know, the Colts to me are very talented, Hmm. obviously an offensive line. They have some really good pieces on, on defense. I just don't trust Philip Rivers, honestly. Um, hmm. You trust him, lineup. but you do. That's funny because you do.
1: You do trust the other number seventeen quarterback um, named Ryan Tannehill versus the borderline Hall of Famer no, Phil Rivers. I just, huh? I
0: just think that the 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 Titans are a more talented team, and that that's why I'm slightly picking them to win the division over over the over the Colts um, what
1: do you think of that gigantic ad of Jadavion Clowney um so in here's the thing
0: about about Clowney this is why he did not get paid a full like a big contract a full four or five-year deal is that he doesn't show up enough like, there, are, there are stretches of the season where he just doesn't show up and then he has the game like last year I remember Seahawks Niners with Sunday Night Football or Monday Night mm-hmm. Football he yep. just dominates the game and then he goes away for for stretches but the Titans are a really talented team I do not like the way they built their roster, I, I do not agree with giving Ryan Tannehill basically a three-year deal. Paying Derrick Henry is pointless in my opinion, but they're just a talented team. They built up talent. I think Vrabel's a really good coach, and I give them the slightest of edges over the Colts. Um, I like their system of play-action pass. I like their skill position players better than I do the Colts as well. Maybe I've watched Philip Rivers play too much because I'm one of the few people that watches the, the AFC West and the Chargers. Like no one, obviously, no one watches them play because well, no one watches him play in person either. So I, I just – I don't – I think he's downgrading weapons, operating his offensive line. I just don't see him being that good this year. I, I hear you, but Rivers does.
1: And, you know, there are different ways to skin the cat with this thing. Run away from pressure. Uh, do the, uh, the Brady slash Bree shuffle in the pocket and step up a little bit. Phil Rivers is old school, just holds on to the ball to the last possible second he before he – and I mean – no QB likes pressure, but isn't this going to be a crazy upgrade for him? Like, whoa! All the time back here that I, I have, yes. no, I might, I might have another child while I'm back here with all this time I have. David, right? I mean,
0: this is a kids show, David. You're right. Um, Vel, Velvel, kids Thank show. Um, I, uh, I. <laughs> that's one thing too. Did his family come with him? I thought about this before because if you're, he's very family oriented, right? He's obviously drove back and forth between. L.A. and Northern San Diego. Mm-hmm. His family obviously made the trip, right, I think? Because it, it, it just seems like they made sure the trip for one year. Um, if he's away from his family, that could affect him. I don't know. I need to look this up because I'm kind of curious about, I yeah, about this, I don't know. this division. Like, us, he has not, he's a, a, in a baseball team of children, and I figured that they wouldn't go with him for just one year. So how is he going to do without his family there? Uh, I could be wrong. Obviously, please, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I had Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. I, I just... Again, it's a very – I give the Titans the slightest of edges over the Colts. Uh, I hear you, and I, I can't – go ahead. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Texans won it either. Like, they, all three of those teams, it does not surprise me if they win it because the Texans have the best quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and Bill O'Brien, terrible general manager, terrible in the playoffs, really good in the regular season. I think the thing – I, I by the way, the GM thing
1: and what, the return and everything else – you know, Laramie Tunsil is uh what I feel like that I said it at the time too. This isn't twenty twenty hindsight. I thought that that was not the craziest awful deal I've ever seen in my life to protect Deshaun Watson, your franchise. Um, that 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 did not seem as loco to me as it apparently did to everybody else. They're kind of hanging their hat though, it feels to me, at least a little bit offensively, on David Johnson, who hasn't done anything in a long time. No, he hasn't. My concern. I, my concern where with, with the Colts is that they are dependent to some degree on two rookies at skill positions. Um, and, and based on what you've already said that don't expect a ton from the rookies, maybe I'm overestimating what those guys are going to contribute, but the Titans, the downside to them is, and I know everybody, our mutual, uh, pal, Mina Kimes leads the charge on play action. Um, yes. is it based on run success? I know you've pushed back, uh, can, well, literally, when you were blocking the need for offensive linemen to feel run success for play action to work. But statistically, it, it doesn't look like there's a ton of evidence that you need to do it. If it's true that you need it or I think this is a especially um, severe. Um, example of that, though, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry is such yeah. a load. It's you know, it, it, you must gang tackle that guy. And there's just. Almost in the Super Bowl era, almost zero. And go ahead and look it up, and call me hyperbolic if you think I'm wrong. And then, but you'll realize I'm right when you look this up. There's almost zero evidence of a running back being great the year after he gets roughly 400 touches. And that's, I mean, that's what Derrick Henry's coming off of. So yeah. I, I think that's a, a, a you know, and, and that he was the offense. I know yes. some play action passes um, let Handel thrive in the postseason.
0: So. I go to the Patriots-Titans game to explain their offense, all right, from the playoff game. And remember, that, their offense only scored on two of nine possessions. Everyone talks about that game like their offense wasn't their offense was very good. Scored two of nine possessions. They scored the last touchdown on that Logan Ryan, right, the pick six to w- at the very end of the game. The Patriots played two safeties all game high, which means they're worried about the play-action pass. They're not worried about Derrick Henry. They're worried about Ryan Tannehill. So to your point, if you design an offense around Derrick Henry – In the end, the best coach in the NFL is like, I don't really care. He he gets whatever he wants. I'm worried about Ryan Tannen on play action pass. I think it shows you the maybe lack of importance of paying that running back. I'm with you. I would not have paid him, but that's, I would have let him walk in and, and franchise Tannehill, but I'm not, I'm not general manager of the Titans.
1: I just, I had Tannehill, I guess is maybe uh, without getting crazy is the X factor of the whole division, or maybe it's David Johnson, but it feels like it's kind of Tannehill because they do. I mean, AJ Brown splash big in his, uh, in his rookie season. They, he's he's just one of the nice pass catchers, John U. Smith on down, Um So it comes down to where we were when we spoke last week about Ryan Tannehill. Like Adam Gase, can Adam Gase really spoil a guy to that degree? And Ryan Tannehill is, in fact, after it's all said and done, worthy of a first-round pick and all of that. If he is, then – um, the Titans are going to be a little bit better than I guess what I think they're going to be. I'm going to stick with the Colts at uh, plus 125. Titans there at 165. Schwartz says Texans have a shot at plus 320. Jags way behind there. I think you'll agree with me. The Jags are the one we they're can out. circle and say they're definitely not going to make the playoffs.
0: They're, def- they're definitely
1: out. Spaghetti, make sure you jump in too here with your because uh, this is our annual game. Schwartz, we have to figure out what teams definitely are going to the playoffs. AFC so far. You want to announce any there, Spaghetti?
2: Uh, I'm fine with you guys not picking the Jags to make it. Um, I actually like the Texans more in this division than uh, you guys do. I do agree, though, what you saying, Dave, about David Johnson being the X-Factor. I think it's really him or maybe Will Fuller. Will Fuller when he plays is awesome, and then if he could replace Hopkins, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. Um, but with DJ running back, I mean, Bill O'Brien did get like a thousand yards from Carlos Hyde, uh, and he's a better pass catcher, so maybe there is some resurgence with him. If not, it's back to being Duke Johnson, but I don't think the Texans pass catchers will be as as everyone else thinks they're uh they'd be
1: let's head out west now chiefs favorite to win the super bowl like we said plus 600 mahomes no surprise there to win the mvp plus 380 Uh, clyde edwards hilaire second in offensive rookie of the year at plus 360 chiefs heavy heavy favorite to take the division and no wonder all of a sudden no derwin james no von miller no competition for the chiefs it seems to me they should they should Breeze to the first seed. And I mean that. I mean, uh, every other division feels like there's a legit opponent there, unless you think Derek Carr and the Raiders are going to rise up, which, by the way, I do think that their defense has a chance to be legit here. And at plus 1200, if you want to, you know, I don't know, I would talk about a value at plus 1200. If for some reason you're doubtful of the Chiefs' defense, and you know the ability to slow down Josh Jacobs uh, uh, theoretically and maybe for that uh Vegas defense it's going to take me a minute to get used to saying Vegas Raiders instead of uh, Oakland Raiders either way um uh either way that's not a that's not a bad play i don't think but um the i, I guess let's let's look at it this way what stops the chiefs from winning this division and dominating nothing
0: Nothing. No. Andy Reid's dominated this division since he got there. I think he's won five or six years now. And he has completely dominated all the teams except the Broncos when the Broncos had Manning. Otherwise, he's dominated the Raiders, Charge, and the Broncos. But you know, there is one guy, by the way, who picked the Raiders to win the AFC West, Carr to win the MVP, and Gruden to win coach of the year. So that, that's a bold gentleman. Wait, who did that? David Carr? Shocking, right? Yeah. I just Is that him. who it was? Is that of course who it was? It was uh, he, he, so picked Hunter, he picked Hunter Renfro to, to score the most touchdowns this year. Look, I like it. Look, I like I, it. I love my brother, okay? Mm-hmm. And I am more than willing to go to bat for him on social media. He's also the best right tackle in the NFL, so it's like, I can't say very much about him.
2: If you know, he goes
0: out and plays terribly against J.J. Watt this on Thursday night, I will tell you he played terribly against J.J. Watt. No, you will Yes, I do. Why? Come on, man! Like that's ridiculous. The Raiders are not winning anything this year. Fade Raiders, Mitchell Schwartz. The Raiders. The Raiders. Um, I luckily for me though, I don't actually have to do that very often because Mitch plays great all the time. Like he allowed no sacks last year. I don't. Ever, I don't have to ever, ever have to say like, "Oh, Mitch didn't play well today." It's never my problem. So in theory, Dave, I would say that hasn't has had to happen yet. Um, look, I just I don't buy. Car. I mean, honestly, I, I just, I, he, I know that the numbers were decent for him last year. He was like, t- I think he was nine. Um, I think it was the thing cr- running down there. It's amazing. Uh, I, for those who are watching on, on Twitter or YouTube um, <laughs> spaghetti, put a, the rolling banner. Will Jeff, be honest about his brother, Mitchell's play. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, I just, I, his numbers weren't bad last year and the offense wasn't half bad. A couple things worry me. The second half of games, the Raiders were terrible. They came out really hot in a bunch of games in that first 15, that opening drive, which, which tells me that Gruden does a good job of scheming those plays up. But after that, when Carr is off the script or Gruden's off the script, the offense doesn't do as well. And that really does concern me. They have a really good offensive line, they have a good run game. D- you know, defensively, you gotta think they get better as they get older. But I just don't really—they're—they're they're moving cities in the middle in this odd season, right? They're moving entire cities. I just don't buy the Raiders this year in that brand new stadium with no fans in it. I think they win six or seven games. Oh, really?
1: So, I guess an interesting question because he's one of the more prominent fixtures of the last uh, uh, figures of the last uh, quarter century in in pro football. You know, in twenty twenty, or based on what you saw in twenty nineteen. Is is John Gruden a good coach, a mediocre coach, or a detriment to his team?
0: I think he's a good coach. I mean, what like what level is good? Like, his I don't know. Like, like, if
1: like, like if you like this roster, then it would stand the reason. If, if the X factor for the Raiders okay, I, I, is Derek I, I Carr, then you would be like, well, then they how could they not I be good with that def- Nice young defense, talented guys um, across the board I think offensively.
0: I mean, if you were to rank him, he'd be average in the NFL. Like, I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think Carr and him mesh very well. Uh, you remember Hard Knock last year, how awkward it was? It was so painful. Them mm-hmm. talking to each other. It just was like, oh, I just think Gruden wants to get rid of him as soon as possible. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he wants them to be there. Um.
1: Well, I think Marcus Mariota's presence, he was about to do to Derek Carr. I don't know. I know, but I think what was about to happen—not about to happen—but I, uh, if things went uh, sideways for Derek Carr, I think same thing that happened to Marcus Mariota in Nashville um, a year ago w- would have happened to Derek Carr here. So, um, at least Derek Carr gets a shot here. I, you know, I don't know. I think maybe I don't want to get crazy, but Von Miller you know, as an offensive lineman. I mean, how much are you as the offensive coordinator, just specifically working to slow down Von Miller? I I hear you on Mitchell Schwartz's ability to handle him. You pluck him out of that. Then they're not as, they're not nearly as scary defensively. And, you know, we keep talking about, but the, Cortland Sutton is nice and Philip Lindsay is a nice story. And now you bring in Melvin Gordon and everything, but the offensive line ain't great. And Drew Locke is ultimately what? Has he started four games in his life? It yeah, seems like yeah. a lot of youth and uh, inexperience out there undoes them. And Tyrod Taylor might be fine. Um, in a normal year, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Herbert just won the gig and started in week one, but that's not going to happen now. And no Derwin James, like we say, I I mean, to me, it's, this is such a cruise. It's not fun, but the chiefs are going to roll in this division and really have a shot if they're focused, if they're not distracted, which is a a legitimate concern in 2020. But if they're, if they're focused, I think they have a real shot at like, you know, 15 and one kind of, kind of result here.
0: Most likely, I mean, that's that's again, I think they go about 12 and 4, 13 and 3. They have a couple games a year, like I said, where they just they kind of just don't play very well. Um, and everything went well for them last year. There were obviously times when Mahomes was hurt and Tyreek Hill was out a little bit, but um, I, I go 13 and 3, 12 and 4 for them. I just that's kind of where Andy Reid's always sat, right? They haven't had that 15 and 1 season yet. Um, but again, I, I think that I do think the Chargers. Are the next next most talented team in the division, but they just don't have a quarterback who's you know their their jobs to really almost get Tyrod Taylor ready than it is you know to get you know to get um, you know I mean uh, to get Justin Herbert ready I should say Mm -hmm. than is anything else this year so like they're not really in it to like to win the division I mean of course they're going to try to win the division but that's not their goal this year their goal is to make sure Herbert is ready full speed ahead in 2021. We'll
1: dig in when we do the NFC side. We already talked some NFC South on our first episode um, last week, but uh, I, I, so Brady V Belichick is the storyline that we must all put our flag in the ground. And uh, like last year with Lamar Jackson, I said he will succeed. Some people said he wouldn't succeed. It's important to get your statement. I think an interesting one, Justin Herbert, good NFL quarterback, or will this not work out for him?
0: Um. So here's my assessment, of Herbert. Obviously, as you can see in my background, I went to Oregon. and I you're,
1: mean, Are you going to tell us he's bad, too, if he's bad? Because you're not going to um, tell us if Mitchell is. Mitchell I, wouldn't even, just for the record, I saw Mitchell a couple of years ago at the Coliseum before the Chiefs played the Rams in that shootout game. And I said, hey, Jeff Schwartz's brother, I need that brisket recipe. He didn't even so much as answer. So you're not going to talk bad about him when he wouldn't answer questions about you.
0: So it's funny you brought up that game. Do you know that? I'm, I'm this is unofficial, but I think it's probably true that Mitch and I are the, o- are the only pair of brothers to be on teams to score the most points in NFL history, not win the game. He lost 54 51. I lost 42, 52 uh, 49 when I was in the Giants went to New Orleans. We lost 52 49. Most points ever. To not win a game, both of us. Congratulations, that's I mean, pretty it's, good. It's great, he has a ring though. I don't, so congratulations to him.
1: I thought it was cooler that Craig Colquitt who won two Super Bowls with the Steelers, son is now late of the Chiefs, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. I think that's he, a fun story.
0: He's a great guy, by the way. Dustin's fantastic, is he? Um, yeah, he's a good dude. So oh, by what the what way,
1: was, may I? Yeah, may I shout out? Talk about great dudes, Ryan Shazier. Uh, football career didn't go the way he wanted to, but a lovely man. And when I had him um, on my old show a couple of times, he was just such a lovely young guy. He loved yeah. to talk about football and stuff, but more so just loved to like, hey, how are your kids? And I look at my guy here and oh, I'm such a lucky guy to get to be in this house. And it really was sincere and lovely and, uh, you know, a, a great story that uh, what he's been able to do with Agreed. himself physically since that collision a couple of years ago. Right. But anyhow, shout out to I, I, 50 I, forever.
0: I I want to give him a shout out too because um, what he went through is the worst nightmare of every NFL player, right? I remember my wife was watching the game with me. She does not watch football very often with me, and it was very clear immediately he was paralyzed. I mean, like it was very clear. Like I've I haven't seen it enough, but I kind of get the like you can kind of tell. Like he knew right away it was not good. Uh, You could tell just the way the teammates reacted. Just he didn't move, and to see him fight back the way he has been really great just for, I think that the obviously for him, but just for everyone involved with football, because those are injuries that we, we never talk about. We, and we, we talk about injuries. Um, and we talk about today on text, but other you know, players, we never talk about those injuries. We never talk about it. It's never talked about ever with our spouses, with our friends, with our parents, never. It needed to happen to him. Hmm. And I just think that it's, um, it's fantastic to see him moving again, walking again, being part of the NFL and obviously retired, but I think he'll have some sort of role imagine he'll have some sort of role with the NFL moving forward just ambassador that he is. Um, and I'm just really happy for him like it's a great story for the NFL and for him personally to come back from an injury
1: man, the mindset and you know it's I know football players get paid a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. It really is the mindset to go out there when you see that. I remember watching that game in Cincinnati with Ike Taylor. And when that happened, it was just, it made you, you know, it made you sick and the, they were, you know, who cared at that point, whether the Steelers are getting blown out in this game. And at halftime, I said, well, what's the point? Who even cares about watching the second half? They're not going to win, but I'm still sick about Shazier. And he said, Ike Taylor said, Sheck, you think the Bengals are going to win this game? There's no chance. And I said, Ike, it's 17, nothing or whatever. I think it was just before the end of the first half. He said, you think the Steelers are going to lose this game? There's no chance they're going to lose. This is what coach T does best. And he was obviously spot on. I don't, I, that ability to rally yourself after,
0: after that um, is, is quite a thing, but. I I think that we, we have to be wired in a way to um, suppress those emotional feelings when people get hurt because we have to continue to play like the game continues. And if you do not come into every play with confidence, you're going to get hurt yourself and you're going to hurt someone else in, you know, in the process. And we get taught this at a young age in football. So, you know, we have practice, right? Obviously. And there's, let's say you're doing a team drill and you're in one part of the field. I don't know how many practices that you've been to Dave or seen this before, but it's, it's, it, it, it's incredible. Not for the like, good ways. So, you, you know, you're practicing. You're doing a team drill. Someone gets hurt on that field. Let's say field one. Mm-hmm. It's a bad injury. ACL, they're down for a little bit. They don't stop practice. They either, they say, flip the drill, and you just go the other direction on the same field, or they just move the field. They just move everyone over. Okay, go to field two, and they move the cranes over to film. They move all the training stat, like, Just And you life continues on, and you practice, and dudes laying on the ground over there like in pain. I mean, it's just like so you get wired. And I dude, I had I had six surgeries in the NFL, fracture just came to my ankle, I just I dislocated my my big toe out 12 weeks. Like I've had the big injuries. Um, and even now, like I I I just I don't feel like as much sympathy. I feel bad for Ryan Shazier, but if like normal if another guy gets hurt, like I don't feel some sort of way. I don't feel like how you would feel if you know, big Ben tears his elbow up I'm like oh all right, well, well should happen I hope he feels better and you're just like completely totally bummed about it. Well, that's Again. that's
1: exactly right if I were a head that's why I would not be a good head coach I'd be a good quarterback but okay. um I, I, I not not
0: long term I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that have you ever noticed by the way this is it blows my mind too and I haven't played it when a coach gets the word that someone's hurt like the, like the trainer walks up to them and very clearly it's like hey big you know big Ben tours uh, towards UCL is out for the season mm. and Tomlin just is like This doesn't move. It doesn't react. Yeah. doesn't react at all. That's when when I knew
1: beyond a shadow of a doubt, Shazier was in some trouble when Kevin Colbert came over and said something along those lines. This is bad for Shazier. Um, You knew it was a different thing when uh, the GM was down on the field talking to Tomlin. But, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, Wait, Derwin James is out. Well, that—that's the season. Let's let's go home. we will not even playing this year, guys. We're screwed. The football gods don't like us. If I were Anthony Lynn, that would be my message that day. I would be like, ah, oh, forget it. Let's do it again. I don't know why no one, why, why no one wants us to win games. Um, okay, we did AFC um east are ready for you go back and listen to that one if you want a deeper dive on that i got the bills i like the patriots to still be pretty good schwartz is swooning because bill belichick and that weird flying elvis thing is is back and that's enough for jeff schwartz to sign off on them being good never mind the fact that key defensive players have moved on this idea oh their defense is great you saw that last year yeah but it was with uh, with some significant guys now out the door so i am not as keen on uh, the Patriots as you are. I don't think the Patriots – I mean, I don't think the uh, – I'm going to go and say the Jets definitely don't make the playoffs. I'm going to go on the record because I like to be bold. I'm going to say the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy because I think so, some people are talking themselves into that. I'm going to be bold again here, and I'm going to say that the Chargers and the Broncos don't go to the Super uh, – don't go to the uh, don't go to the playoffs. So that's – I hope you have those uh, tracked there, Spaghetti. I just gave you – did I just give you six total and just out of the AFC? Let's bring it on home now, Schwartz. Final seedings before things kick off in the AFC. Like we we have the extra couple of days to do NFC. Um, the uh, so and we'll give you the the results of how things are going to seed out there. You go first, unless you want me to go first, Schwartz. I will go first.
0: Okay. I will go with the Ravens, the first seed first seed wow oh i guess you had them at 14 and 2 the chiefs 13 and 3 with the two seed i'll go with division winners next obviously right Right, um i'll go that's how it works i'll go patriots 10 and 6 Ooh. i'll go titans 9 and 7 i'll go Steelers next up i like your record of them 11 and 5 I, gotta, I have to give two more now. It's weird. You know, I know. I, two more.
1: I know. That's why what I'm about to say is going to surprise, I think, some people. But okay.
0: Okay, so now we have that. I'll go um, – I'll probably go with no one in the West, obviously. Um, give me the uh, – oh, man, this is, this is interesting. I'm going to go with the the Texans next. And I'll put the I thought you know what we'll go three from the south. I'll put the Colts in there. How about that? All like okay. all nine and seven. All
1: right, look at you sleeping nine on the. Uh, all right, my well, this is funny because we we have some pretty different results here. I'm going to go Chiefs as your number one seed, 14 and two, and I again 15 and one is a possibility too. The, listen, don't get on me about this. I'm going to go with the Steelers to win the division at 11 and five. I don't know what it means that Seven's hungry, and I don't mean to put food in his belly. I'm talking about putting another ring on his finger and picking up with his free hand another Lombardi trophy to. Uh, and, don't. Ugh, me. I'm telling you what
0: I think is going to happen. The guy who has a jersey behind him of a steel Kern, all these magazine covers of the Pictures, too, thinks the Pictures are, 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 are going to be good this year. Congrats.
1: You, I, But Shot that's, you. A, but you know what? Eddie Spaghetti, Shot weigh in. You. Spaghetti. I, I mean be no jive. Uh, you know my uh, you know the no jive policy abides. Spaghetti. Am I biased in favor of the Steelers? Not be, not not because uh, I say yeah. the Steelers are your two seed at eleven and five. I mean in general. Do I generally just puff my chest out like, because oh, they're the Steelers and they're going to beat you for nonsense? I I I'm realistic. I would like them to win, but I don't say that they're going to do. By the way, Schwartz, you know, six years in a row, I predicted the Steelers' final record, so I think I know what I'm talking about. You're doing
0: you're yeah, but I have the Ravens still winning the division. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm just telling you, you shouldn't poo-poo when I tell you what the Steelers record's gonna be. I did six years in a row of calling it accurately, including two eight and eight seasons.
0: You didn't call it last season eight and eight.
1: No, I well, my streak ended. My streak okay. is over, but I'm telling you, I still did it. It counts. Okay. Sure. The Dolphins went undefeated. That was in 72, but it still <laughs> counts. Um I'm going to go with the Colts at 11 and 5 but over the course of this episode I'm starting to already doubt that one. The Bills are your 4 seed as the AFC East representative or the AFC Champion 10 and 6. Ravens 11 and 5. The Steeler Steelers narrowly survived that one. The head to head they tend to split. They didn't last year. Um but I think the Steelers get one more division win to edge them out. Titans at 9 and 7 are your 6 seed. And at number seven, the New England Patriots? No, the Cleveland Browns at nine and seven. It's over for Belichick and company. I, I I mean, listen, I love Cam Newton, but I've talked to enough Patriots fans who, who, I mean, reasonably point out, it's Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. I mean, like, who is Cam Newton throwing the ball to? And no Hightower, no Collins. I mean, you know, this is, I know the brand is successful, generally speaking, but this is, and the greatest quarterback of all time, according to everybody. So this has to be a somewhat transitional year. So I'm going to put the Patriots on the outside looking in.
0: Um, I mean, you're free to do that at your own risk, buddy. Cause I am, I know I, am, I know I'm, I'm, I'm in on the pats. Okay.
1: Well, that's it. Um, So there's our AFC preview. hope you enjoyed that. Um, get in there. And like I say, make sure you're following along um, because in a mere matter of hours, the NFL season kicks off. And then as soon as that's over, we're going to have minus three episode three for you, where we're going to break down the NFC, including we're going to provide for you all our picks for week one. And, that will include a boosted odds uh, bet that we can all get in on together. Whether you're a Steelers or Giants fan, we can all join forces. And uh, like I say, send our hearts and over and otherwise over the moon. If you catch my drift, you can, uh, you can uh, figure this thing all out. Whatever we talked about here, head on over to, um, to fanduel.com slash minus three And get in on the action. We appreciate you doing that. Good stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Good stuff, Jeff Schwartz. Best to Mitchell Schwartz. The world champion as uh, he and his pals go after their second straight, Lombardi. Can't wait for it to kick off. We made it, everybody. This is our treat for six long months away from it. I know the hors d'oeuvres of hockey and basketball and baseball, they're they're nice too. But football's here. Excited for that and uh, so excited we'll be back in uh, just a couple hours to give you our NFC side of things until then for spaghetti and Jeff Schwartz, Dave Damashek minus three. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
0: It's the foot balliest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer It's the footballiest time of the year It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all check is still frowning and Cleveland still browning We root for Steelers it's the pig, pig skinniest time Oh of-